As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today I am joined by the star of Terrifier and the upcoming sequel, Terrifier 2. Please welcome David Howard Thornton. Hey, how you doing, man? All right, all right. I can't <laughs> complain. Me but first, if And for those listening, you need to go check out the YouTube because I have to show off something a little oh. bit here. I have a mask. Yes. It's a custom mask with a yeah. certain scene in particular. <laughs> from what i uh, yeah my background's going in and out but yeah oh wow gotta love technology show. yeah right <laughs> i'm normally in a different room where i don't use a background but right now i'm in a room where i'm gonna put on a background yeah <laughs> but yeah that's a uh, uh made by i mean you probably know him rick from 13 yeah, studios yeah, he's actually in part two i've been here seeing him talk about that i'm gonna try yeah. to get him on here too See what his yeah. favorite movie is and get him talking about it. <laughs> oh, he'll never shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so let's talk about Terrifier, because one thing I was curious about, how did you get the role of Art the Clown? Because the character came from, you know, All Hallows Eve and had someone right. else playing the role. Yeah, pure dumb luck. <laughs> I was just <laughs> at the right place at the right time, I guess, because um, the original art, Mike Ginelli, didn't want to come back to the role. I think just wanted to go and do other things with his life instead of just acting. And I, I think he just also just don't want to go through all the makeup again, which I, you know, I can understand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of makeup to go through, but yeah, I was uh, in the middle of like looking for uh, acting jobs at the time. I had just come back from uh, touring with national tour. How the Grinch stole Christmas, the musical. I did that, done that for five years. And I decided to take some like time off of my life from waiting tables just to focus on auditioning and I was really more focused on trying to get on Broadway or doing more tours and stuff like that and I was up for like four or five different tours and all of them fell apart for one reason or another I like oh, no. I, like yeah I was like in final callbacks for all these things and you know they all just fell through and I'm like oh man I was, I was like I'm so close so close to getting something <laughs> And I had never really done film before. I had only like done some background work and that was about it. But I had always wanted to get more into film because, you know, getting that, my foot in the door and stuff like that. And, and you know, who knows? And I, I came across this notice looking for a tall, skinny guy to play art that had you know, a background in like physical comedy or clowning. And I was like, oh my God, because I, I knew the character from All Hallows Eve because I had seen the movie. And I was like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. So I, I called up my reps and they're like, please, please, please submit me for this. And they did. And I, I go in there and I had to improvise my audition on the spot because art doesn't talk and I wasn't given a script. And they're just like, hey, just come up with a scene where you um, are happy about killing a guy and decapitating him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they gave me. I'm like, cool okay 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 and they're like go and I'm like okay and I just let my instincts take over and I, I just did this whole scene where I snuck up behind my victim cartoonishly and like knocked him out and like uh, sawed off his head picked it up tasted it didn't like the taste so I took out a salt shaker and started seasoning it 
taste again, gave it a thumbs up, kind of bathed in the blood for a second, and then like skipped out on my merry way. And they asked me after they stopped laughing, they're like, uh, can you come in for a makeup test? I'm like, yeah, sure. And that's, that's very unusual, you know, for auditions to basically know you have the part after the first audition. Right. So I was, I, I considered myself pretty lucky. <laughs> I was like, this is this unheard of. Especially for a, a film, usually you have to go in for like three or four different callbacks. Because I know they especially did that with our, our leads in part two. They came back for multiple callbacks just to see them read with different people and stuff like that. So I didn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. I just skipped into the front of the line. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I would say that's very lucky in most cases. It's from yes. what I've heard anyway. I don't know. I've yeah. never done it. <laughs> Oh, I was I was ecstatic. But I'm like, it, it wasn't until a few months later I actually found out I had the part when I went in for the makeup test. And I'm like, so does this mean I have the part? They're like, oh yeah, you've had the part the whole entire time. It's like, no one told you. I'm like, no, <laughs> no one told me. You mean your agent didn't tell you? No, my agent didn't tell me. I'm no longer with that agent. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrade. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, yeah, great, great job dropping the ball telling me this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you talked about the art. Tell us a little bit about the art and what it went through, putting on the makeup and all that. Yeah, that takes about three hours at least to put on. It's um, it's a silicone, like a well, gelatin mask that's um, that Damien, it's one big, huge piece that Damien glues to my whole entire face. So it's, it's a very meticulous process because it's actually not the mask that was molded off of my face. It's still molded from Mike Gianelli's oh. because... Damien made a mask that was, um, they, he, he tried to make a mask for me, but it just didn't look as good to him. So he's like, well, I know Mike's looks good, so we're just going to have to <laughs> form it so it fits on your face somehow. So he has to take even more time just to make sure it fits completely onto my face. Sorry, I got a cat trying That's to get right. in my lap. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> she always likes to make appearances. But um <laughs> But yeah, so it, it takes about three hours. You know, he's got to glue it on, then he's got to paint it. And sometimes it takes longer, especially when he's got to do all the blood splatters and stuff like that, because he's got to match it up to what we've already filmed. Right. And that's the most, I would say that's the more meticulous part of it, because it's, you have to get every little drop and splatter. And then if there's battle damage, then he's got to go in and match that up perfectly. So it looks like what we had already filmed and it's a process, but you know, we get through it. Go, goes to me very fast because Damien and I are just sitting there talking the whole entire time, sh shooting the shit and stuff like that. So it's really not too bad. It takes about an hour to get it off as well. Okay. So okay. Just, yeah. It's just a lot of scrubbing because all the glue that's on my face. So that's usually my, my skin's kind of raw afterwards, but you deal. <laughs> yeah. So what was the uh, shooting schedule like? Like, was it a long shoot or? Yeah, um, it, it was originally supposed to be a lot shorter, but we had, especially, you know, since it's an independent film, you, you have setbacks from time to time. That's, that just goes with the territory when you don't have millions upon millions of dollars. Sometimes certain things go wrong and then you got to like make do and improvise. And sometimes we had to take some time just to raise a little bit more money so we could keep going. Because you know, films are expensive to make. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, they're very expensive to make, and we made Terrifier One on an absurdly small budget. We made it for about fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow! Like, yeah, yeah, that is yeah, small. yeah. Even the lowest budget films are made for at least a million or two. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like 
We pulled off a freaking miracle. I mean, I, I, I believe like the original Halloween of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, their budgets were larger than ours, you know, counting for inflation even. So yeah, like, I think I don't know Texas Chainsaw, but Halloween's is like 300, 350 yeah. things. It's somewhere in there. It's still, you know, up there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's so pretty crazy. We just made the best out of, you know, the environments we were in. Like a lot of the places we end up filming at were uh, connections that Damien had to let us film there for free or for a much, much reduced rate, which was, you know, saved us a lot of money that way. So he was able to put more of the money into like the special effects. And he didn't have to pay someone to do the special effects because he was doing the special effects. So that helped save a lot of money as well. So, yeah. And I was going to say, I noticed you mentioned Damien putting on your makeup too. So did he, yeah, he didn't have makeup people either. No, no. We, oh. we had like maybe an assistant that would come in and help with uh, my co stars. But Damien did all of my makeup and he did all the practical effects, all the prosthetics and stuff like that. He, he even did that for part two. He, we originally hired some guys to help him out for part two, but they ended up bailing like two or three weeks before the movie. So he ended up having to do all that himself again for part two. Just like, God, because <laughs> he just wants to focus on directing. Right. <laughs> he, he'd rather, you know, let someone else do all that so he can, you know, doesn't you know, lose sleep all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that is a uh, true indie filmmaking there where the director is yeah. literally doing everything. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's just, I don't know how the guy keeps his sanity. <laughs> I guess it's just love of it, I guess. I mean, yeah, you have to. You have to. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing because he's like, you, you would think someone that was going off maybe two hours of sleep every night would be the crankiest person on the set. And Damien is the most mild-mannered, like laid-back, <laughs> chill dude. Even when things are going wrong, he'll just sit in the corner and just kind of just, okay, we'll do this. <laughs> it's just like, I, because I'm so used to those temperamental directors are just, you know, screaming and yelling and throwing stuff and stuff like that. And Damien's not like that at all. I'm just like, how, how are you so zen? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I guess, yeah. hey, if you love what you do, it's not work, right? So maybe, yeah. maybe that really plays into that. Yeah, he's, he's great at what he does, you know? So it's like, I, I'm hoping, especially after part two, that he starts to get the recognition he truly deserves because he, he's, a, he's a force of nature when it comes to this. He's a one-man army because he's yeah. written it, directed it, does all the practical effects, edits it all together. It's just, wow. it's insane. He's doing the job. One man is doing the job of, you know, so many. Right, yeah. Sounds like he, he does the job about a dozen on a movie set yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I noticed I know you said when you read you saw the listing for it, you saw a tall skinny clown, you kind of had a background. So what was your background like? Were you a clown? Like what was it No, like? not really. I, I had um more in physical comedy. I okay. I've been like a lifelong student of like physical comedy, especially silent comedians. I have just I've my parents and grandparents introduced me to like, you know, the great you know, black and white comedies like Chaplin and Keaton and Marx Brothers and all that at a very early age. And then my aunt had gifted me a box set of Mr. Bean videos when I was a teenager. And I just would sit there and watch those over and over and over and over and over. And I would try to emulate his style and also like Jim Carrey's style of acting because I just love that. And I did a lot of children's theater. And kids are very much more into, you know, physical comedy than they right. are into the verbal comedy. Yep. And so that's where I really got to, you know, uh, perfect my skills. And then when I did The Grinch, um, my, the, the guy I understudied as The Grinch, uh, Stefan Carl, who was Robbie Rotten on Lazy Town, he actually was professionally trained in clowning and mime and all that. 
And so he was able to take me aside and take what I have always, you know, been building up all those years and, you know, help me fine tune everything. I finally actually had a true teacher in that area. And so I just put all of that into art. And I was like, this is, I have this great background now. It's like a life, life, lifelong study <laughs> that I had done. And I was finally able to do something with it. Yeah, no, I gotta say you were fantastic. I love it. I Thank think you. it's Thank great. You. So I'm really looking forward to Terrifier 2. So I know oh, yeah. there's still no official release date, but what can you tell us? Like, I know it's oh. filmed. Like, how? Yes. Uh, obviously, no spoilers or anything. Because no. like, me personally, <laughs> I think a teaser dropped today or something, and I won't even watch that because I just yeah. don't do that. I, it's like, I know I'm going to see it, so I don't need to see anything about it. But yeah. what can you tell the people? Just anything. Ah, wow. It's, I mean, first of all, it's, uh, yes, it is finished. Um, we're in post-production right now. Uh, I might have to go back to do some pickups, but that's no big deal. That's just like, just get my face in a few things or get me picking up something just to add something to a scene, you know, to make okay. it a little bit more colorful, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, Damien's, he just recently finished the first cut and he's just polishing it right now before he sends it off to distribution. And right now it's clocking in at a little over two hours. So it's going to be a beast of a film. And we, we've, because like when it came into the two hour mark, we were like, oh God, it's going to be long. <laughs> Because <laughs> you usually slashes aren't two hours long, right? No, no, <laughs> not. <laughs> we're like, ah, oh, geez, and we're we're sitting there, well, what what can we cut? And there's like, there's nothing we can really cut without you know sacrificing important parts of the film. So it's like, well, we'll, we'll just make it a two hour plus movie then, because you know, hey, we live in a time where people are used to sitting down for a three hour Marvel movie. So yeah, yeah. it's like the important thing is not necessarily the length, but how entertained the audience is. And this is a movie that's not boring. <laughs> uh-huh. It is not a boring movie. We don't we don't believe in boring. <laughs> there you go. I like the sound of that. I don't yeah. want boring. No, nah, it's like that's one thing we set out to do from the get go. We we really talked because like I know Damien really listens to all the criticism and the praise the film gets, but especially the criticism. And we talked about it. It's like one thing people always remember about movies is the beginning and the ending. If you don't have a strong ending and a beginning to a film, it's going to sink the movie. You can have a great middle, but it's those beginning and the ending that that's what people remember the most. So we set out to make a kick-ass ending and a kick-ass beginning to this film. And of course, the middle's great too, but you're like, oh boy. <laughs> it, also, it starts off with a punch yeah. and ends with a kick to the groin it's just it's it's just great it's just it's it's one of these just relentless movies i mean of course you have those little peaks and valleys in there because you got to let the audience breathe at times in between kills and the horrible things that i do and that's where we have actually uh fleshed out a lot more to character development we want to add more plot into this one and so we've done that with our new protagonist sienna and her family so we, we really take the time to really flesh them out and the friends that you know this character has and and i, I think it's, it's it's not just art's movie this time it's also uh sienna's movie as well and i think that's going to be really cool because i think people are going to love this new protagonist I, I she's kind of you know uh, uh got a very, very much an ellen ripley um like that type of character she's oh, wow. sarah connor yeah just oh like, yeah that's high praise yeah Ooh. yeah she's a she's an ass kicker she is definitely an ass kicker. And you see her become that ass kicker during this film. Because Art has got to have someone that can go to toe-to-toe with him. 
You know, he, he can't just be someone that just runs away the whole entire time. You need someone that's going to fight back. And right. we kind of yeah. had that a little bit with Tara in the first yeah. film. Yep. We had that. Yeah, but and that's one of those things, too. Damon's like, damn, I hate that we had to kill off that character because we, we love that character so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but, but now we have this character. And it's like, this is a character that Damien has actually had in his head before he even had an art in his head. That he's oh, wow. Okay. The life. So, yeah. So he loves this character. I love this character. The actress that plays her, Lauren Lavera, loves this character. She went, I mean, I think she just brought the movie to a new level in a lot of ways with her acting. I mean, okay. she made things easier for me. <laughs> so, yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, I can't wait for everybody to see this. I mean, we're not cutting back on the blood and the gore at all. I think we took that as a personal challenge after the first film to try to surpass what we did. And so we're like, yeah, we're not pulling back. We're like, it, we're not like other slashes where it's like a stab and walk away and let's go on to the next scene. Like, no, Art's yeah. there. And when he starts killing someone, he's killing someone. And sometimes it takes a few minutes and it's, and it's brutal. <laughs> he, I, I like to say he plays with his food. Yeah. It, yeah. He, he definitely yeah. does. That yeah. is one thing. And it may, maybe it's a criticism that you've heard if people look at it that way, but definitely look at it it's i guess it's it's art is mean you know yeah. art is a mean spirited character he really is and, but i think that's what's so good about him is like yeah he's supposed to be that way he's yeah. he's a threat he's a real threat he's evil it's like i, I love people when it's like oh he's misogynistic he's this he's this. i'm like he's the bad guy he's supposed to be that way you're nope. not supposed to like him <laughs> exactly that's i think that's a big problem with slashers too because you yeah. know by the third fourth fifth movie you're always on the slasher side yeah even someone like freddy krueger who is and killing is, little kids i mean he's exactly. not a good person <laughs> this is this is a character you want people like when you, you know, when the when the hero or the heroine starts fighting back you want them you want to be cheering for them you want like yes because I, I know how i am when i see movies when you get a really good villain in there and they finally get what's coming to him you're just like yes yeah it, it, i think there, there might be a part of that <laughs> in, in terrifier too where we get that kind of reaction we're hoping okay yeah so what's tell me a little bit about being on set when you're playing such a mean-spirited character like I, i'm sure the set is full of laughs it'd be my guess oh god but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have to do that so we keep our sanity because it's not not just because of the stuff we're filming is so dark right. and morbid and just gross sometimes. It's just like it's also the conditions we are in are usually miserable conditions, you know, because we usually film during the winter up, mm. you know, up here up north where it's very cold. And a lot of this, the places we're filming are not heated. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that can that can be pretty difficult at times. And we're filming late hours. We're usually filming at night. And so, yeah, we're, we're going off of like, you know, sometimes we might've had like a 20 hour day occasionally. And it's just like, you're tired. And then you got to be there the next day to film again. And you're just like, <laughs> Oh God, I'm so tired. So there's a lot of levity on set just so we're, you know, we keep the spirit up and morale up. And it, we have some uh, good people on the crew that are really good for morale as well, which is great. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. I even have my moments where I start getting testy after a while because I get I get grumpy when I get tired or hungry and I'm like, mm. <laughs> and then someone will come out and be wearing our female heroine's Valkyrie costume and it's a guy wearing it and you're like, oh god, 
<laughs> it's just like, oh, this is, oh boy, I'm not. I think I just went sterile, man. <laughs> but I'm uh, awake now. I'm awake there, now. There you go. <laughs> I've got my third wind now. <laughs> I skipped the second one. Went right to the third wind. Oh, that's awesome. All right, yeah. so we know Terrifier two to be determined. Anything else you got you working on right now? Yeah, I'm actually working on another horror film with a lot of the Terror Fire crew. It's called Stream. It's what we're hoping is going to be another trilogy as well, or another franchise at least. Um, Mike Levy, who played Will, the exterminator, the one I decapitate, mm-hmm. is directing it. And oh. Damien is doing the special effects for it. So you know the, the kills are going to be pretty gnarly in this as yep. well. Yep. <laughs> and what's cool about this too, which I mean, I've been like a little kid on set is they have brought in a lot of um horror alumni a lot of legends oh wow okay yeah so it's i a lot of them i cannot name because they haven't been named yet no, they, okay they've put up stuff on imdb so a few of the names are out there but not all the cast is up there yet we want to keep some surprises in there and it's like it's being on set with some of these actors is just amazing because i'm like oh my god i grew up watching these people now i get to actually watch them work and be in the same room with them and interact with them and all I'm like this is so cool yeah that's <laughs> awesome uh, it's been a great learning experience because I, I can name one person is jeffrey combs oh nice oh, yeah i mean it's oh. just like watching him work was like a master's class so it's like oh i love the ca- type of characters he plays i would love to play a lot of this because I, I i i like those like very um intellectual villains that he plays dr herbert west yes yes i even you know think of him from you know um the frighteners back in the day which michael j fox yes yes i need to go back and watch that (laughs) he he was the the just the nut so crazy guy that was following fox around trying he he was with the feds okay yeah i gotta read this i don't think i've seen this since the theater's Oh my God, it's yeah. such an undervalued movie. It's such a good movie. And so many great people were in that. You know, John Astin, Chai McBride, um, uh, 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 oh God, Busey, uh, Gary Busey's son. Um, just told oh, Jake. Jake, Jake Busey. Yeah, yeah, Jake's in it. You know, so I think that's one of his first films, really, when I think of it, that I really recognize him from. It's just, it's such a good movie. It's a clever movie, too. It's a good way to introduce people to horror, I think, as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. My dad took me to see that when I remember that in theaters because he figured it was something. Yeah. Even though I'd been watching horror on TV, I don't think I had yeah. seen anything in theaters until that. Yeah. I think Peter Jackson even directed it. Yeah, it was Peter Jackson. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. 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 Before he was Mr. Lord of the Rings. So right. Like, oh. oh, I know. That's why I love going back and watching something like Brain Dead before yeah. he was. You know. Oh, God. That's a crazy movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy movie. Yeah, that one is. Oh my god, I finally saw it and I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, talk about a lot of blood there. Oh my. Oh my god, that was just like that's that had been the most insane set to be on that day. It's like you you'd be sliding and falling all over, (laughs) just sticking to every. Oh my god, I've been just. Just, I'll tell you a funny side story. Just uh, some friends I know, a married couple that watched that movie together. 
like every day after that, when the wife would make dinner, her husband would be like, what, no pudding? So if you know the scene, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. And that was just, it was great. <laughs> also, that. when I hear pudding, I always think of Supernatural now, too. With the... <laughs> I have not watched that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I finally started watching it, guys. Um, and I, I think I'm in like season eight now, and I'm loving it. Okay. But there's a great thing that happens in one of the earlier seasons where uh, uh, one of the characters just just tries to distract someone, drops his pants, and goes, pudding! Oh. <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> random thing. And I'm like, that is hysterical. Oh, okay. All right, so stream is, are you done? Like, is it finished filming? Or are you still We're going? almost finished, yeah. They're, um, right now, I mean, most people are finished with them. I have, I think, maybe one, maybe two more scenes to film. They're having to build a set right now because we tried to find a location for this. And we, we really couldn't find a location that we really needed, so we're having to build it. Okay. Because it's something that's, you know, the, 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 the script calls for and we have to do it. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll just build it. Dang it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's um, so yeah, we're, we're almost done with that. Um, also I've been working on an animated series for uh, Sesame workshop that is going to be on HBO max. I, I don't know if I can reveal the name of the show yet, but um, okay. I'm playing some different characters in that some um, because it is for toddlers, which is really funny. So <laughs> I have a toddler, so that works yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I do a lot of animal sounds in it. So like I, I'm playing all kinds of animals. I play a few humans in it as well, but it's like I, I'm kind of like the Frank Welker they, you know, guy that they bring in where I just sit there and just make barks and baths and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, here, here's a paycheck. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on, so that's good. I can't complain. Can't complain. All right, and now we're going to get to your favorite movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Stone Pictures invites you to tune in again for the most highly acclaimed movie of the year. He's here. Tune in again for Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit, Baby Herman, Benny the Cab, and the most incredible cast of tunes ever to perform together in one motion picture. What's up, Doc? My biscuits are burning. This is hot spot. Tune in again for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The last time I worked with someone with a speech impediment. A Steven Spielberg presentation, a Robert Zemeckis film, rated PG. Now, when did you first see this? I saw it when it came out in 1988. Oh, I was—I wow. had okay. just gotten a second grade, and so, because I, 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 like I said, you know, I love comedy. I uh, grew up on the greats, of course. Also, I was watching Disney and Looney Tunes at a very early age as well, and so I was like, oh my gosh, it's got Disney and Looney Tunes and Harvey Tunes and all these characters <laughs> all together in a movie. I have got to see this, and. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to me, as a kid, I was just enamored with that movie. I was obsessed, like <laughs> obsessed. It was the first time I'd ever been that obsessed with a movie in my life. And okay. part of it was because on TV, they um, did a special, an hour-long special, a behind-the-scenes feature of how they made the movie. And that was the first time I'd ever seen how movies were made. Right, yeah, that's pretty cool, especially for yeah. back then. Yeah, and I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, wow. Because especially with this movie, you know, they, this was before CG. So everything had to be done with puppeteering, and then they had to animate everything, hand-drawn animation on right. top of, you know, all the puppeteering they were doing. And so I, I was just like, that is so cool. And, and that's also how I was first introduced to a voiceover actor. Okay. And, and that's when I learned about Mel Blanc playing all of the Looney Tune characters. 
And I never knew that there was one man that did all of those voices. I'm like, that is so cool. I want to do that because at that point, it was like the year before I discovered I could do Goofy's voice. Oh, okay. and, and yeah. And in first grade, I discovered because like a girl gave me a note during story time. My teacher was reading a Mickey Mouse book to us. And she, she asked me if I wanted to be her boyfriend. And I let out this gore. She's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I can do goofy. <laughs> and, and that, and so when I saw, um, you know, this whole thing about Mel Blanc, I was like, I want to learn how to do something like that. I want to learn how to do voices. And so I would just sit there and start imitating voices. And now I do over 200 voices. It's just, it's just something that just, it was a, a, a little hobby that started up and I'm like, I want to keep doing it. So, you know, when I was playing like my Ninja Turtle figures as a kid, I would try to mimic the voices from the show. So I was like, oh, okay. ah, come on, Shredder, why are you doing this? Come on, guys, let's get me to my bed. Come on, punk I was just having fun, you know. My yeah. mom was like, you are insane. <laughs> but that's yeah, what look at you now. down the path I am now. So it's that's like, it's like yeah, so it's, it's, it's like it, like Roger Rabbit first really started my real love of movies, both on screen and all the, <laughs> the stuff that goes into making movies. Yeah, that's, so I guess it's safe to say that was pretty much your favorite movie immediately then. Oh, yeah. I was obsessed. I, w- I would try. I would make props. I, I, I remember I, I, I took like two paper plates and put them together and made little saw blades on it so I could Im- imitate Judge Doom's... Uh, saw attack he does with eddie at one point in the movie i did a whole thing where i i, I was i was a very creative inventive kid I, I i made this thing also with a i'm just remembering this now i made a thing with a paper plate and then i cut out the, the ring in the middle so i could put it on my head but i took like wires and made little stars on it so it looked like i had stars circling over my head so i oh knocked out on wow. yeah i would do this kind of this is stuff crazy stuff i would do oh, that, that's <laughs> awesome yeah, so, so I was obsessed. <laughs> okay. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, why don't you give them a brief synopsis of what this is about? Oh, gosh. It. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a hard movie to describe. It's, it's a mixture of everything that uh, has everything I love in a movie. It's got comedy. It's got romance. It's got drama. It's got mystery. It's a film noir. It's uh, got cartoons. It's got great music numbers in it it's yeah. got sexy women even if they're animated <laughs> it's just like it's it's everything i love in a movie got great great action scenes great fight scenes it's perfect film to me but it, it is the whole premise of it is um this is a universe where cartoon characters and human beings coexist yep. like hu- cartoon characters aren't just on screen they're actually actors and they actually have a whole subdivision in uh, Los Angeles where they all live called Toontown. And then you have the humans. And there's this whole thing that's going on where um, the main character, Eddie Valiant, he's a detective. He's, he's an alcoholic. He's his, a whole, he's a mess of a human being. And he hates tunes. And there's a reason he hates tunes that they reveal later on in the movie. And this whole, so, you know, he's, he's called into, um, he, he would take, you know, side gigs just to try to pay his bills and everything like that. And the head of one of the studios, uh, RK Maroon at Maroon Studios, hires him to take pictures of Jessica Rabbit, uh, 
Roger Rabbit's wife canoodling with Marvin Acme, who's a human, who um, is, you know, uh, I, I guess uh, um, he's the, the cartoon guy, I guess you could say. He's like, and because he, you know, wants to like get money out of this, trying to, you know, not money. He's, he's trying to motivate Roger, I guess, in a way, because Roger's been slacking on his job, making cartoons and stuff like that. And so they show the pictures to Roger and he freaks out and leaves him. He's upset. And the next day, Eddie wakes up, finds out that um, uh, Marvin Acme has been murdered. And it looks like Roger Rabbit had dropped a safe on him. <laughs> as cartoons do, you know, because yeah. they found uh, yellow paint from his gloves on the rope that was holding the safe. So, you know, there's that whole, well, there's a reason to murder him. And so this um, other character ends up coming in um, with his goons, the weasels. It's this guy named Judge Doom. And he's a very threatening looking guy. And he's there. He's, he's on the case as well. And he, wa- he wants to hunt down Roger and kill him. He's developed a whole th- a new thing called dip, which is made of acetone, benzene, and turpentine, which are all paint thinners. That's the only thing that can actually hurt a tune. Right. And, and so he, he wants to kill Roger. And, and Eddie ends up running into Roger in his apartment. And Roger's like, I did not do this. I did. No, 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 no. I was like, I, I wrote my wife a love letter. <laughs> it's like I, when I was kind of wrote this letter on this piece of paper I found. <laughs> so can you please help clear my name? And so he, you know, Roger and Eddie end up trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. And long story short, you find out that um, Judge Doom is actually the one behind all this. He's um, part of this whole conglomerate called Cloverleaf that is wanting to come in and bulldoze down, bulldoze Toontown away so he can build a freeway system, which is probably, you know, if you've ever been to LA, that's the most evil thing there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, so, and, and so that's what he was kind of using this as a way to uh, try to get Marvin Acme's will. That's the only thing that's preventing him from taking control of Toontown. And it turns out that uh, Judge Doom was, at, oh, you also, I forgot to say, Eddie, the reason he hates tunes is because his brother was killed by a tune and they used to be uh, detectives that worked for tunes. They, they were like, and they got goofy off and Yosemite Sam, all these famous cartoon characters. They, they helped them out. And all of a sudden he hates them. And that's why, because a very bad man killed his brother. That was a cartoon character. And turns out that judge doom was the, um, <laughs> the character that had killed his brother. And a fun little bit of trivia here, too, is they don't really acknowledge this in the movie, but people have always wondered who, what cartoon character was Judge Doom? Of course, he would have to be the most vile, evil cartoon character of all. Turns out, you know, the um, behind the scenes stuff they revealed is Judge Doom was originally supposed to be the hunter that killed Bambi's mother. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> so, yeah. That. yeah, the ev- most evil, vile cartoon character ever created. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he killed Bambi's mom. So yeah, they end up, you know, end up um, turning Dip on to uh, Doom and end up killing him and save the day and stop Toontown from being bulldozed down and destroyed. And turns out um, this whole entire time, Roger comes out and he's got the love letter that he wrote to his wife. And, and it turns out um, 
all of a sudden, all this writing starts to appear on it that was written in invisible ink, <laughs> disappearing, reappearing ink. Turns out to be actually Marvin Acme's will, bequeathing Toontown to the tunes. So the tunes are able to keep Toontown from being destroyed. There's so much more that happens in the movie. It's just a great movie. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, you get you said a lot, but we don't give away yeah. everything anyway. So yeah, it's a but, great movie. I'm, I'm always amazed when people actually haven't seen that movie yet. Like, well, oh well, well, here you go. I saw it for the first time last week. So there you I go. I don't know why. Like it's funny because I posted it that I was watching it for the first time and like my friend commented, my friend of 30 years commented, he's like, you've uh-huh. never seen this? I feel like a bad friend. I can't believe I never made you watch this. <laughs> it's a classic. Because there is no other movie like that out there, period. Nothing. I was like, I know Cool World tried to be the new Roger Rabbit back in the day, but that was nothing. Nothing like Roger <laughs> right. Rabbit. I was going to say, and Cool World was one I had seen. <laughs> oh. oh, boy, that... Hollywood, if she could. <laughs> cool World used to play on HBO a lot, so I, oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that one. But oh I never, yeah, I'd never seen Roger Rabbit until until last week. So that's one of the reasons I like doing this show is I'm going to watch stuff that I hadn't watched because I want to make sure I see the movie before I talk about it. Also, yeah, you I got will. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to. You really do. Yeah, but it's oh, a movie it. that still holds up today. Even that's the thing. So you can go back and watch it, and still, like you know, especially since it came out in the eighties, you know, you can watch movies from the eighties, and you can tell the special effects. You're like, oh, that's green screen. Not right. that movie. No, it that is, looks it great. Holds up to this day. It looks just as good. Yeah, no, it looked great. I do know uh, a lot of the stuff that it got away with in eighty eight would not fly today in a PG movie oh, for no. kids. Oh, <laughs> just Baby Herman alone. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Like some of his lines in this movie, I'm like, I cannot believe. Because as a kid, those lines went right over my head. I'm right. like, I, I did, oh my gosh. Like he's like, I got a, a 50-year-old lust with a three-year-old's dinky. And I'm yeah. like, yep, that was my favorite line. Right over my head as a kid. I'm like, oh my God, no wonder he's so angry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like we watched as a family I'm pretty sure it went over my kid's head but when he said that I looked at my wife and I it was all I could do not to bust out laughing oh it's just that, <laughs> was that, that whole reveal because he, he's just like this adorable little baby wah, 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 wah. and then it's like as soon as the camera stuff ah, get me out of here he just drops yeah. the f-bombs and everything ah, <laughs> and yeah. actually there's like there's a little thing that people most people don't see because it only happens in a split second times so like when he at the very beginning of the movie right after the cut when he's storming off set he ends up walking under this woman's dress and he ends up sticking his finger up and his finger comes out and his fingers wet when it comes out there's oh like my. there's a drop of water that comes off his finger like Oh my oh, wow. god! I did not notice. Oh that. my god! It's, it happened so quick that I, I, I it had to have gotten by all the sensors. It's just like that's not like the animators were like, "Oh my god, they're having way too much fun with this." Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they, they enjoyed seeing that one not get cut. Oh when yeah. That one made it yeah. to the final. They were. They were. Oh yeah. They were laughing to themselves. I guarantee. Oh yeah. I mean, I totally <laughs> did not notice that as a kid. Like, no. I didn't even know it's like even as adult until it was pointed out to me. I'm like. Oh, and I had like frame by frame. I'm like, oh my God, they're right. And he's got his tongue hanging out and everything. Like he's like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Just like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that is, that's crazy there. Yeah. All right. So I know you said you had an idea. What would you like to see if this movie got a sequel? 
Yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a fun idea because it's like it's one of those movies that in a lot of ways I would hate to see it get a sequel because I don't think the sequel could really live up to what they pulled off. But there's something I think they could do with it in a creative way. And it's something they kind of acknowledge in the movie. It's with, um, they're talking about um, the old black and white cartoons, the talkies, uh, have the, have the silent cartoons, and then like, you know, because they have Betty Boop, who's working as a waitress in uh, the, the club that uh, Jessica works in. And Eddie's like, why, why are you working here? She's like, well, like, you know, ever since, you know, colored and, talk, you know, sound came in and like all this, you know, black and white cartoons and like, we can't get work anymore. So we're out of a job. It's like, it's just not the same anymore. It's like, that's, it's, it's, it's a little bit of social commentary they were kind of doing there yeah. too in a lot of interesting ways. And, and I'm like, well, that's something they could actually do with this movie. It's like, they could set it more into modern day because, you know, tunes don't really age, but sure. <laughs> technology does. And now we live in a time where you don't have hand-drawn animation anymore. It's all CG. Right. So the, the two-dimensional cartoon characters have gone the way of CG. And uh, that's something they could address, maybe. That, that's part of the... It won't be the whole plot of the film. I mean, it, there would have to be some other mystery or something like that. Involved. Right. But it's like, yeah, it's like, but that, you know, Rogers finally, you know, his career's dying out. And you know, it's like, or maybe they could even do this because, you know, like how they did with Space Jam, where they have, um, they brought bugs and all those characters into the CG world. And it's like he's even kind of like, do I do this or I stay who I am? Or do I, you know, <laughs> like the tuned version of plastic surgery, I guess you could say. Right. So it's like, oh, do I go CG now? <laughs> <laughs> do I say two dimensional? Do I get my implants? <laughs> I, I think there's some creative things you could do with it. But it was like, that's the thing. I, if they ever made it again, I would want to see them do what they did in the original with all the puppeteering and then animate and actually do the hand animation hand drawn animation over it because they did some ingenious things in it. and there's actually a terminology that's used in um in in the film world now that came from this movie that people don't realize it's called bumping the lamp or but bumping the light and it comes from uh one of the scenes in the movie where uh roger and eddie are hiding out in the back room of a hidden room in the speakeasy and they're handcuffed together and Roger ends up hitting a light that starts swinging around the room. And because of that, the animators had to hand draw the light source constantly changing as light was swinging. Mm. And all yeah. the shadows on his face, everything. And they do it. They didn't have to do it, but they went that extra mile for that detail to make it really seem like he's something that's actually real that the light source actually bounce off of him. And, you know, and, and that, you know, it's like, they didn't even have to bump that light. They, there was no point doing that, but that, that's how they're able really to, sh to showcase what they were capable of as animators. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's going above and beyond. And that's what that term means. You're going above and beyond what you, you know, yeah. actually have to do for it. And I think that was just, it's so good. Um, like, I love it. I, <laughs> I love that kind of detail. And there's, that's the thing about that movie. There's so much detail in it. There's like, uh, uh, some, I love to point out to people, because I've seen it so many times now, but uh, at the end of the movie, after the dipmobile goes through the brick wall and goes into Toontown, this train comes by and hits the, the dipmobile. And you see in every single window of this train, if you freeze frame it, every single window has a different murder scene being 
acted out in shadow. Oh, wow. Okay. And this train goes by in like two seconds. It's yeah. like, <laughs> so you have to really sit, but there's like silhouettes of all these different murder scenes. Someone getting stabbed, someone getting shot, someone being hung, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's so cool. It's th- those kind of little details. You can tell so much love was put into this film. And they worked out deals so with Warner Brothers and Disney. So that's the first time we've ever seen that kind of like synergy between two competing studios in a movie together. And they had a deal where the scenes were Bugs and Mickey and Daffy and Donald were together on screen. They had to have the exact amount of screen time and the same amount of lines each. So one wasn't shown preference over the other. They had equal footing. Right, yeah, I have. I did hear about that. I heard yeah. about that, yeah. Which I think is so cool. Because, like, yeah, yeah you, you'd see Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse together on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's and awesome. Daffy was... and Donald battling it out. I'm like, this is... <laughs> ah! so it's every cartoon geek's dream come true. I, I just love that movie. <laughs> All right, so something you might not love as much. Now, you said you didn't want to see a, get a sequel, but you probably mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't want to see it get an actual remake of this film. Oh, good God, no. No, do not do a remake. Because it, it just wouldn't be the same. You just would not. It was, there was something perfect about them. It's like the casting was perfect. I'm like, Bob Hoskins is Eddie. I'm like, this is a movie where, you know, there's so many animated characters in it that are, you know, would steal the show. But the humans are holding their own. You yep. have Bob Hoskins, especially, and Christopher Lloyd. Right. Who hold their own on screen. It's like... Wow. <laughs> you have this cartoon rabbit smashing things on his head and doing all this funny stuff. And you're still riveted to the performance of those two humans. It's just as much. It's just, it's, it just, that's the quality of the acting and as well as the writing. It's just absolutely fantastic. You wouldn't want to see anyone take on those roles? Nah, I don't think anybody <laughs> could do it. Trust me. You just couldn't have it. It's just there was something special. I'm like, I didn't even realize Bob Hoskins was. British until I saw Hook years later because he was just so convincing as Eddie Valiant. I just thought that was, and then he played Mario in the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, so I just, yeah. I thought he was a New Yorker. <laughs> he just, he just, he was just so convincing. He was like, oh, what? He's British? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Christopher Lloyd is just scary as hell in that movie. Yeah. He really is. He really is. He, like I was saying earlier about villains where you want to see them get what's coming to him. You hated Judge Doom, and you hated him as soon as he comes on screen when he takes that little cartoon shoe and dips it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, because it's like this little cute little shoe that did nothing wrong, and he kills (laughs) it. You're just like, and you have no emotional, you you don't know who this shoe is. You you, you only just meet him, but it's just like the way they handle it. Your heart breaks for that shoe. Right. A shoe. Yeah, exactly. A little squeaky shoe. Yep. (laughs) And you hate the guy already that's doing that to him. It's just, oh, he's so he's just scary in that movie. He's just so scary. His presence is just, oh. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. I think you've sold it pretty well. But give (laughs) one final pitch for anyone who maybe isn't convinced yet. Why, if they haven't checked it out, they should or go revisit it. If you like movies. If you like fun, then you have to see Who Friend Roger Rabbit. If you don't like any of that stuff, why are you living? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> see the movie. Oh, awesome. 
<laughs> all right. All right. That sounds good. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Dave, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram under uh, David Howard Thornton. Um, I'm also on Cameo. I have one of those fun little pages and I try not to charge too much. So if you want me to do a little shout out for your birthday or something like that or someone else's birthday or anniversary or what have you, I'll do one of those for you too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds great. And as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the video on YouTube so you can see David in person. See me show off yeah. my collectible Art the Clown mask I have. Yes. So check all that out. I'm on TikTok now. I'm trying to do short nice. movie reviews because I don't dance. So I'm not really fitting <laughs> well, in the TikTok uh, environment. Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> you go I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I feel like an old man as soon as all that TikTok started up. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, no, I I, I, I kept seeing people saying to promote it on there. I was like, well, let me yeah. give it a shot. I'm trying something different. We'll see if it clicks. Yeah, that. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know either. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you guys can come back next week and I'll have a different guest and a different movie. And who knows, that may become your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.